Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm really excited that you've tuned in this morning because Kathy Thorsell will be checking in shortly to announce the days and times of Orange County Pet Days at the Orange County Marketplace. If you've never been to a Pet Days event there, you'll definitely want to jot down all the information about it. That's coming right up. And after our halftime break, Marianne Dell will be by to review a brand new batch of animal-related books and stories, and she always finds the good ones. She's pretty amazing that way, so keep your radio tuned right here to K Mozart, and we'll get started after a very quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to welcome back to the show Kathy Thorsell. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're joining us this morning because you have some great news. There's a very special event coming to the Orange County Marketplace. It was gone for a while, but it's back. It is. It's back. We're very, very excited. It's um, Saturday, Sunday, November 3rd and 4th um, from 7 to 4 p.m. both days. So, yeah, we're glad. Really glad it's back. It's a phenomenal event. It's Orange County Pet Days. Let's let's tell everybody what Pet Days is. What does it mean? Well, Pet Days is a biannual event that we do at the Orange County Marketplace where we bring in positive uh, groups to have adoptions for their animals. We have pet-related vendors. We have all kinds of great things to do for kids, face painting and popcorn machines and hot dogs and um, just everything you can think of. But really the core of Pet Days um, was started a few years back to really talk to our community about what what it really takes to be an adoptive parent to an animal. Um, there are so many, thousands and thousands of them. We thought this was a great forum where there's a lot of people that come together. We have education. We talk about spay and neuter programs. We have folks that offer discounts for things such as microchipping, vaccinations, also spay and neuter clinics. Um, we have adoption groups that come rescue such as Forever Home Animal Rescue, Animal Assistance League of Orange County, um, we have the Dalmatian Rescue coming, and many, many, many more um, that will all be there on both days. What I really liked the last time I was there is you had a stage set up, and you had lots of wonderful speakers, but one speaker in particular was a trainer, and she brought out dogs and, and showed people how to walk them on a leash and, and why the old-fashioned methods of using choke chains and and uh, jerking your dog and that sort of thing were not only cruel, but they really weren't that effective. And and she showed some alternate techniques. And the dogs, who had not previously had any kind of training, instantly responded. It was so amazing and enlightening. I'm wondering if you're going to be doing that again this year. 
We absolutely are. That was Cindy Van Vliet, and um, she is a trainer behaviorist um, with an organization that she owns called IC Possibilities. And she put a labyrinth on stage last year, and she will be doing that again. And you're absolutely right. I had mentioned earlier about having positive groups there. We really work hard to get groups there that believe in positive reinforcement training for their animals. Um, we do not advocate choke chains or prong collars. So you're right. That was a really good um, stage presence. Everybody really liked it. It was an alternative to what people sometimes just they think it's the only thing out there, and she will definitely be back this year doing the same on both days, probably four times throughout the weekend. Oh, that's fabulous. So if you miss one, you're definitely going to be able to catch another at some point. Absolutely. Okay. And this, when when we talk about the Orange County Marketplace, that's the big Orange County swap meet on the fairgrounds, right? Correct. Now, will the regular swap meet still be going on at the same time as Orange County Pet Days? It will, and that's the beautiful thing about this particular Pet Days, this program, is that with if you decide to come that weekend, if you bring two cans of unopened, unexpired dog or cat food or a bag of unopened, unexpired dog or cat food, your admission to the Marketplace and Pet Days is free. The swap meet will be going at the exact same time, so you have admission for both facilities. It's, it's, a, it's a win-win. Okay, so they're, are they separate? Do you have to go through different gates to go to each one? or No, they're work? all the same entrance. There's multiple entr- entrances for the marketplace. No matter which one you go in, um, you have access to both Pet Days and the Orange County Swap Meet. Okay, so it'll be really easy to find once you're there then. Really easy, and we're also, we have really large inflatables that will be out front. We have a big fire hydrant, and we have a big bulldog <laughs> that the Doggy Walk Bag Corporation um, allows us to use for this event. So it's pretty easy to, to peg us. <laughs> uh, what do the dogs think about the big uh, fire hydrant? <laughs> you know, because they're out front, they're okay with it. We're, they're not inside the area where the, the adoptables are because it does tend to scare them. But oh, so far, okay. So good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you bring your own pet? You can't. Because there's so many adoptable animals there and because it is a, a public forum the marketplace does not allow you to bring personal pets to the event it's really for the safety of the animals because we have so many adoptables there we want to make sure that the animals don't have any conflict okay so well let's no say personal pet. somebody wanted to make sure that their dog got along with one of the dogs at the event could could they still adopt a pet or actually you know begin the the proceedings for that and then somehow arrange to have their dog meet the adoptable pet? Is there a way to do that? Absolutely. What we encourage all the rescue groups to do is if there's an opportunity to adopt one that's at pet days with their animal, we'll ask them just to simply bring their animal back or we can set up a time to go to their home. Um, All rescues do home visits, so it's an opportunity um, outside of the marketplace where it's not quite as allowed to go to their home environment to make sure they get along in their home, which is the most critical piece. Okay. Is there entertainment or music or anything else at the event, or is this strictly more of an educational program? Well, we have a little bit of both. Um, we are considering um, a small musician group, um, but we can't be too loud because, again, it scares the animals. Mm-hmm. One of the groups that we're going to have there is the OCK Haven, which adopts out um, guinea pigs, um, and those type of animals, and they, they scare pretty easily. Oh, so yeah. um, we're, we're trying to keep it as quiet as possible, but we are going to have the training on stage. 
Um, we're going to have face painting for children. Um, we're going to have um, an officer come and does a puppet show for the kids. So we are going to have some entertainment. We're going to also have some guest speakers talking about um, humane education and a veterinarian talking about spay and neuter. So it's going to be a whole course of a venue throughout the whole day. Um, so it's just kind of a hit or miss what, what will be going on during the day. Okay, okay. Do you need volunteers? I mean, I know that the, the slot meet or the marketplace, they probably aren't going to be sending their volunteers over to help out on the pet days portion. So is this more of a volunteer type of effort? It is. It is. Every group that's coming is a volunteer. They're a volunteer organization. So if, if we had groups of people that could help with helping the vendors setting up their booths and being runners and going and, and getting the adoption groups, one of the things that we do throughout the day is we let each group that has animals bring up as many as they can and showcase them to the the crowd that's there. So if we have uh, volunteers that are coming to help us, it really helps with keep th- keeping things moving along and helping the vendors keep their, their uh, booths square away and helping them setting up and breaking down. So any volunteers we can get, we truly appreciate. Who should they contact if they wanted to help out for that weekend? They can contact me, Kathy Thorsell, and they can email me at ocpetdays at yahoo.com. Or they can contact me at 949-241-9625. Okay, excellent. And you mentioned that there'll be vendors there. Do you already are you already at capacity for the vendors for the uh, the pet days side of it, or can more people um, decide to be vendors if they want to at this point? Absolutely. They would just email me again at the OC Pet Days at Yahoo.com. We do have some spaces left. We are filling up very quickly, especially as we get closer to, but we encourage more people to come forward. We'd love to hear from new groups and new pet-related vendors and really spread the word to help these organizations um, get their name out there and help them proceed with their mission statements just like the rest of us. Excellent. If you do adopt a pet and it is a pet that you could take uh, immediately, um, for, for example, perhaps one of the guinea pigs, um, do you have to leave the swap meet, or can you go ahead and, and continue walking around the swap meet? The swap meet does encourage you to leave just because it's a new pet, and we want to make sure that they're safe, and from, because there's a lot of other entertainment that goes on throughout the marketplace. They do ask that if you adopt an animal there, that you go ahead and take them home. Okay, so if you are going to adopt a pet, that should probably be one of the last things you do before leaving. That way you have a chance to see everything first and then go ahead and, and go through your adoption process. Correct, and what a lot of people will do is they're they're moving down that path. They will talk with the, the vendor or the adoption agency, and then they'll put in their application, they'll go do their shopping, and they'll come back towards the end of their shopping. Okay, so it's a great place even if you're not in the market for adopting a new little companion. There are lots of cool things to go shopping for, lots of great information to pick up, educational stuff. It's just a fabulous event. And, Kathy, I am so glad that Pet Days is back up and running because it's a wonderful event, and you have been such a fabulous promoter over the years. Thank you so much. We are, I am truly excited that it's back, and I'm hoping that we can get back on schedule and do this twice a year and adopt out more animals. Yay. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by the Pet Place today and keeping all the listeners up to date and in the loop. Thank you so much. We'll see you hopefully at Pet Days. Definitely. 
And we need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Marianne Dell will be ready to dive into a new batch of pet-related books that she's just finished reviewing. So stay right where you are, and we'll be back on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with our Pet Place book reviewer, Marianne Dill. Good morning, Marianne. How have you been? I'm good, Marie. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm really looking forward to hearing all about the latest books you've scouted out for us. Oh, yes, we have some good ones. Oh, good. Well, let's get started. All right. This first book is a coffee table book. It's called Puppyhood. The author, really photographer, because it's a picture book, is J. Nicole Smith. It is published by Stuart Tabori and Chang, and it's twenty nine ninety five. And this is one of those great books with things photographed on white. It's very lovely. And what this one has is life size photos of puppies. Oh, so it's kind of a neat idea. They're very very cute pictures, of course. And you know, if you're thinking about getting a dog and you really don't know what kind, this kind of gives you an idea of what a an 8- to 12-week-old Labrador Retriever or Labradoodle or Yorkshire Terrier will look like at okay. that age and, you know, how big they'll be. Wow. Um, and it's it's just puppy pictures, so how can we go wrong with puppy pictures, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, did have, I, I did have one niggle with this book, mm-hmm. and except for a Yorkie Poo and a Labradoodle, designer dogs, mm-hmm. all of the dogs are purebreds. Um, And I thought, oh, what a shame that we don't have any really cool mixed breeds in here. Um, But at the end of the book, um, Smith gives a, she goes into a pretty good explanation of the politics of purebred versus mixed breed. Mm -hmm. And she said she wanted to include photos that would give people a really good idea of what the dogs would look like. And she goes into a great detail about picking a reputable breeder if you're going to go for a purebred. She explains how to recognize them, and she also talks about all the dogs that die in our shelters every year. Okay. And how you really don't need a purebred. Mixed breeds are great dogs, and people should consider them also. So I I forgive her on that a little bit. (laughs) I just want her next book to be mixed breeds. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But you know, Marianne, I was recently talking with Maria Dales from German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County, and she was telling me that they are getting a flood of purebred German Shepherd puppies. And in talking with other rescue organizations, they're seeing the same thing happening. And the crazy thing about it, we talk about how the economy has caused a lot of people to relinquish dogs, but also the bad economy has caused people to start having that crazy idea that they can make money off of breeding. And then they find out that they can't, and so they just want to get rid of their puppies. And so these puppies are ending up in rescues, whereas, you know, even 10 years ago, you couldn't find puppies very frequently in rescues. Very true. So if you are looking for a puppy, a purebred puppy, don't rule out rescues because they're there. Absolutely not. I always tell people to contact a rescue first because even 20 years ago when I started in rescue, we did occasionally have litters of purebred puppies. 
And you're right, it wasn't nearly as prevalent then as it's becoming now. And, and I hear almost daily about dogs in shelters that are pregnant. And probably at least half of them are purebred. Yeah. And you take a breed, I, I happen to have a soft spot in my heart for chows, and you take a breed like that, those are very difficult dogs to place. Mm-hmm. Chows can't go, and Maria will tell you this too, of course, and I know you've heard it from her. Not everybody is suited for a German Shepherd. Right. And so it almost makes our screening job a little tougher as people who are adopting out because we really want to make sure people know this isn't going to stay a cuddly little bundle bundle of fluff mm-hmm. for very long. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I absolutely would encourage people to go out there and look and see if you have your heart set on a breed. Another thing I tell people, if they have their heart set on a breed, and it's a very difficult breed to find, and a breed that's almost impossible to find a puppy, um, go to a rescue and rescues often get contacted by breeders, good breeders, who have their dogs returned to them. And mm-hmm. there's another opportunity to give a dog a home that wouldn't have one. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I have a friend who's very much into wanting a Bernese Mountain Dog one day and, of course, does not want to go to a breeder. But puppies are almost impossible to find. Mm-hmm. And even rescue dogs. I know people who do Bernese Rescue, and there are not that many of them. So I said contact the rescues and find a reputable breeder from them and say, hey, if you ever have a dog returned, you know, I don't want to buy a puppy from you when you create a litter, but, yeah. you know, there are, there are all kinds of ways to find to find good purebred dogs without having to wait for someone to have a litter. Definitely. <laughs> and for everybody who realizes that puppyhood only lasts for a matter of months at the most anyway, having this nice little coffee table book to just look at and mm-hmm. and ooh and ah over is, is the next best thing. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Absolutely. It also could be a good educational thing if a family was deciding to get a dog because they could look at the photos and pick a couple that maybe appealed on looks and then do some research mm-hmm. and find out just exactly what's involved in getting a dog that is all or part that breed. Oh, great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand you have a couple more books, I and I want to make sure we fit them all in. So what's your next title? All right, I love this one. It's called The Gift of Pets, Stories Only a Vet Could Tell by Bruce R. Coston, Thomas Dunn Books, $25.99. Uh, there's been a slew of books over the past few years written by vets telling their stories. And the thing I really like about this one is Bruce Coston can write, and he writes with empathy and passion for his subject. And it's very clear that he loves being a veterinarian. He's in practice in Virginia. He loves his clients, and he particularly loves his clients' pets. And, you know, they're they're wonderful stories of, of kind of evil clients. Some of his clients are just, it's amazing that he can even stand to deal with them. But, of course, they have these wonderful pets, and he, mm-hmm. those are his primary clients, um, and how he gets around dealing with crazy clients and makes sure the pets get the care they want. And he tells a, a, a really compassionate story that kind of weaves the whole book together about a woman named Lisa who came to work for him as a kennel attendant and was a very insecure person, had had children very young, and through her years with him, 
gained enough confidence to go to school and become an, a registered vet technician. Oh, wonderful. And her story, we figure out pretty early on that her story isn't going to have a super happy ending. Oh. Uh, but, he, but again, he tells it in a way that creates empathy and just makes us yearn. I mean, it makes me, as someone who, I'm weird, I like to hang out in vet's offices, <laughs> um, uh, you know, want to be, if if I could reinvent myself, would reinvent myself as someone who worked in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a good, compassionate group of people who work together, as, as this group obviously does, um, it's just a wonderful thing to see what can happen. And, you know, those of us who are lucky enough to, to work from with vets who are kind of cut from the same cloth as him realize how lucky we are that, you know, we don't just have this bond with our pets, but we also have a really good bond with the people who care for them. Uh-huh. And I think that's really important. I would just say to anyone who's uncomfortable with their vet, go out there and, and find someone you can mesh with. And it's nothing against your vet. Sometimes personalities just don't jibe. Right. You know, um I have found, too, over the years that more and more people are becoming veterinarians for perhaps not the most respectable reasons. I mean, back when uh, I was a vet tech and veterinarians still charged, you know, $5 for a vaccination and $10 for a cat neuter and that sort of thing, and they they weren't buying their Mercedes Benz with the money they made off of their practice. And and now I feel like there are a lot of veterinarians who really are just in it to, you know, pay for their kids' Princeton education. And <laughs> I, I think there's me. I think there's definitely some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also there's one of the things that you know we do have to remember is they have to do most everything in house, or they have to send it out to a specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. I don't care what kind of pet insurance you get. I highly doubt it's going to pay very much for an MRI if you need it for your dog. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, it's it, there are unscrupulous people out there just like there are in every profession, you sure. know. And, uh-huh. and that's why, again, I say it's important to screen. Um, my vet's son just started vet school back east, and I got to meet him earlier this year. Uh, he was helping out in his dad's practice. And... This was one that was, it was just a real delight to meet him and talk about how inspired he, hear him talk about how inspired he was by his dad and how much he wanted to continue in his footsteps and provide really good loving care for animals. And those are the people you want to hear go into the profession. Absolutely. We need a lot of people like that. <laughs> yep, we, we do. We really do. Okay, and you have one more book. Let's get started. I this do. One. This is a novel. Called, a novel called The Dog Who Danced by Susan Wilson, mm-hmm. St. Martin's Press, twenty four ninety nine. Looks like books are getting a little more expensive again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of a woman, a single, down-on-her-luck bartender whose real only love is her dog, Max, a Sheltie. And she and Max do canine freestyle, doggy dancing. Oh, and they've worked long and hard to get to where they are, which is quite proficient in the sport. And any of us who've done agility, fly ball, tracking, nose work, which is my current passion with my dogs, uh, any kind of sport, freestyle, know how much doing that work, working to to communicate in this new way with our dogs, 
makes that bond we have even more special and even tighter. Mm-hmm. And what happens is Justine, who has a very bad family background, gets a call from her stepmother, who is, yes, the evil stepmother, <laughs> um, telling her her father is dying. Mm. And she has to get from Washington State to Massachusetts. and She has no money. So her friend who owns the bar she works at finds a trucker who's going cross-country and will drive her there for an amount of money. Takes her money and dumps her at a truck stop, and several miles later down the road, dumps her dog on the side of the road. And so the book is mostly the story of Justine trying to find Max and get together, and also of what happens to Max in the meantime. And, you know, like most books, we can probably figure out what's going to happen at the very end, but the fun is the journey, and it's a really nice one, because Max meets some people, and we learn about how he saves their lives, not physically but emotionally, mm-hmm. by spending some time with them. Wow. And it's just a nice example of how that bond really can make a difference in the life of anyone who opens themselves to it. Absolutely. Well, we, ma- we all know. <laughs> Definitely. Marianne, you always find the most interesting books. I, I just <laughs> love your synopsis and and your enthusiasm in telling them. So thank you for joining us today and sharing all of this. Well, you're very welcome as always, Marie. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On Saturday, November 3rd, from 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County will be holding a bake sale, cell phone recycling event, and adoption event at the PetSmart in Lake Forest, located at 23602 El Toro Road in Lake Forest. Head on out to visit and shake paws with a new friend. German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County has new dogs available every week. This is also a great opportunity to learn about volunteering and to shop for GSROC merchandise, and that always benefits the dogs first and foremost. For more information, visit www.gsroc.org. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.